Blog Talk Radio. Wrong with me, and uh, yeah. 
all the shame and the self-loathing and the lies that we stumble into, uh, that we come by very honestly as guys. Um, those were mine. And um, it was a long road getting out of it, getting through it. You don't get out of it. You go through it or you avoid it. And avoiding it kills you eventually. And uh, by God's grace and some good friends and the right therapist and an incredible wife, uh, I'm uh, in a very different place today. So I blew up my life about five years ago. And uh, when I got to a place of such clear resolution that I've started to live a life that I had lost hope of having, um, I circled back to good friends and told them the story and then put it in print and wrote a book called Ashamed No More that InterVarsity published last August. So I do spiritual direction and speaking and teaching and um, work with guys. I've got a group at the church that Pam and I go to, and I've got a group of clergy guys. uh, Because one of the things, if it's not okay for a guy to say, I've got compulsive issues, uh, it's really not okay for spiritual leaders, ministry leaders, and pastors uh, Mm -hmm. to acknowledge they've got an issue. And, guys, I think the the clergy brothers are dying uh, slow and horrible deaths because of the loneliness and the hiddenness yeah. and the fear, you know, because yeah. so many guys, this is what they do. It's their calling, and it's sincere. They're really trying to honor God, and they're trying to serve others, and, and yeah. they're not okay with this, whatever their disability is, whether it's porn or something else or sex or it could be other things. And it's eating them alive, and at the same time, um, a lot of them, you know, this is what they do. This is their skill set. They've got families, they're dependents, and what are they going to do if they get found out and get fired? Or what do they do if they confess and and they're fired or they quit or whatever? How how do you make life work? And that's how we stumble in these things anyways, trying to figure out how to make life work and finding the shortcuts accidentally and stumbling into them, and then they became ruts and habits and patterns. Yeah, man. Well, do that, that... that's incredible, man. I mean, we're elated to have you as a co-host today. Uh, I know episode 90 has been one of the, the more favorite ones of our recent uh, podcast, man, and so we're really excited to have you on as part of the squad today. So thank well, you for joining Well, I, I appreciate that. I'm, I'm going to confess something right off here at the top of the broadcast. You remember that first uh, Wayne's World that came out where – uh, the boys meet Heather Locklear and they start bowing. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. Uh, that's just that 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 scene has popped into my head the last oh, two wow. days. Just it's I'm crazy. not worthy. I'm not worthy. How cornball is that? But that that's also shows my age very, a little very bit. Very cornball, but we'll let you slide. It's okay, man. <laughs> Thanks. I, Thanks, guys. I, it's my privilege. I'm now I'm now picturing uh, Nate as Heather Locklear on the boat, <laughs> but still with his baseball cap and his round glasses. You know, maybe we should we should all probably just pause for a moment of silence and and pray that Nate's using sunscreen because I yeah. think that's going to be important. Yes, Lord. You know. Yes, Lord. Yes. yes. <laughs> he is so, a fair-skinned man. So who do we have on the line right now, Mondo? Well, actually, that's our guest for the day. Um, what I think we should probably do, Aaron, let's uh, let's come let's go to a break. Come back to uh, a mini meeting, and if you guys want, you guys are down for that? Yeah. Okay, and then. Uh, We'll come back and do a mini-meeting, and after that, we'll get to our guest, uh, Sam. So uh, we'll be right back to the Pirate Monk Podcast, guys. The only way to love a soul is in its parts and broken whole. To peer into its darkest space and offer up the deepest grace. 
Love that proves itself is true Rejoices in the hardship too Only love will suffer long Then in trouble carry on Love hurts A deep pain And gets worse But love True love will not tally score It only loves a little more And when all things have come apart Thus the union of the heart Love hurts A deep pain And gets worse But love This a truth I have and hold This a mystery manifold Like a wine refined when old Like the furnace for the gold Love hurts A deep pain And gets worse But love Love has never, ever failed All that's kind and all that's good Was pierced with nails into the wood Love hurts A deep pain And gets worse But love And we're well, back. Oh, go ahead, Aaron. You got it. Yeah, man, I'm bringing us back in. All right, man. See, Nate's gonna feel like he's actually needed today. This is this is this is horrible. We're supposed to really be smooth, Mondo. Yes, we I are. I tell you what, we're back. We're gonna do a mini meeting today because we've got Tom Ryan, and he knows how to do this. So we're doing it with him. We'll take him there. So we are a company of Christian men. We meet at other times of the week for. Bible study and prayer, but today we are meeting to talk. We're going to pick a topic. We're not limited to this topic, but today's topic is going to be identity. Mm. Identity. Well, I'm Mondo. Hi, Mondo. Hi, Mondo. Um, identity has been a uh, major part of um I guess my thinking and my thought process over the last year. Um I I've established an identity in the music business and um and I've I'm at a point now where uh I've been running from something that God's been wanting me to do, but I've been so uh scared and now I'm finally admitting it, but scared to change that, that identity. Um 
afraid to lose something, uh, lose what uh, what I am or what I think I am or what people think I am. Um, so instead of being obedient, I was stubborn and say, you know what, I'm going to just sit in this identity that you've given me and I'm comfortable in. This is a seat that I like. Uh, it's good to me. I'm going to sit here now. Uh, and I'm choosing to be disobedient because of my previous obedience. You know, I'm going to I'm going to stay obedient to the thing you told me to do yesterday. But what you want me to do today, I'm going to ignore you and I'm going to stay here because I'm afraid of what the next identity may be. I don't want to lose who I am or whatever. And it's it's, it's kind of a, a cycle of foolishness, honestly, uh, for me. And um, really trying to look at uh, my identity is not what I think I am, and it's not what people think I am, but it's who God says I am. And I need to, I've been struggling to find peace in that um, and and comfort in that, you know, the, it, it's, it's been funny, man, because, you know, I, I'm not a guy to really run from stuff and, and, and be fearful. And, uh, but this is one thing that I've really been running from. And I, I finally come to grips with it over the last few months that, you know, God's trying to do uh, new things in my life and new season and new things. And, uh, but for some reason, man, I, I just felt like, you know what, I'm going to stay right here to stay right here. Yeah. All that looks cool over there but I'm just going to stay right here. And um, after a while, that seat starts getting pretty hot. <laughs> you know, uh, it's, it's it becomes uncomfortable uh, where if you don't move, I learned that God's going to move you in some sort of direction. Um, and I would rather be obedient than to be forced out of the chair. You know what I mean? Of my comfort. And, um, and it really is strictly surrounded around uh, my identity, what I think it is, what I want it to be, what, people think it is you know it's just a lot of craziness i'm like man i need to simplify it let me just go to the basic the, the basic concept of, of identity in christ and that really is that who christ says i am who, who, who's god say i am and that's what i'm going to dwell in that's what i'm going to have peace in is in that identity and what everybody else thinks or uh all that doesn't even really matter um because I, I know who's who's created me you know other people haven't created me but god has and and so it's uh it's funny you picked that topic, man, because I've really been um, having some great conversations with some Samson guys and uh, some other friends about that. Just trying to uh, be comfortable, uh, be at peace with what God is doing and establishing um, a new phase of new or a new layer of my identity. He's not necessarily redefining it, but just adding another layer to my identity and who He says I am in His kingdom, man. And uh. uh it's a it's a poking and a prodding and a pruning for sure for me, but uh, but it's all good. It's all good. I mean, I'm learning a lot about myself. Some things are great, some things are scary, uh, but it's all good. So, uh, I'm Mondo. Thanks, Mondo. Thanks, Mondo. Thanks, Mondo. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, my uh, name's my Tom. Name's Tom. Hi, Tom. Hi, Tom. Yeah. What a great topic. <clears throat> And I think I think this is something that um, I've had to work at so much because um, as I've gotten older, I've realized that there's been different different voices have spoken into my uh, my uh, head, my heart about who I am, and and I wasn't even recognizing that when it was happening, you know. <clears throat> and it's not until I've reflected or uh, you know developed a couple of really intense 
and intentional good relationships and, and kind of get out of my own head and talk to somebody else about how I see myself, you know, how I make sense of my story, my background, what I'm doing now, um, that that I uncover those voices and uncover some of those lies because at the heart of so many of our struggles, so many of my struggles have been just a really fundamentally flawed sense of who I am, you know. And and you know, Aaron, you you or Armando, you could you could say to me, well, here, Tom, here's the deal. Here's who you are in Christ. Here's who you are as a man. Here's who I think you are. You know, as you guys would get to know me. And those are all helpful things, you know. But that's what I've come to realize too is that I might hear somebody else's word on who I am, but 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 that I still have to have that heart to heart self reflection and deep down digging to convince myself or be converted myself, you know, to, to to uncover those things that for whatever reason have lodged in my soul that tell me, hey, this is the kind of guy you are. This is this is what you do. This is who you are. And uncover what's true and uncover what's a lie and keep replacing that lie with the truth. Um, and I think identity is is hard to get straight and keep straight. And I think that's where you know, the right groups, the right friends, Samson Society, telling each other the truth is so key because, you know, I've got that part of me that just will believe the lie or keep going back to an old lie, uh, even once I've uncovered it. And I've got to keep, be around guys that, that tell me the truth and reinforce good thinking. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. I think identity is really hard. I think it's key, though. I think... Um, I think God wants to help us with that, but we got to ask for it. We got to work at it, and it takes work. But uh, that's what I got on that. I'm Tom. Thanks, Tom. Well, I'm Aaron. Hey, Aaron. Hey, Aaron. A couple of weeks ago, we had a guest that um, when we were talking, we touched on identity just a little, and and he had mentioned that our identities like his contact lenses that not something he thinks about much but it's something through which he sees he views the world and it brings it into focus but he only notices uh, that they're there when he takes it out or when there's a problem with it and I have been thinking a lot about that <clears throat> I thought that was such an amazing picture for me because I do think that everything in my life revolves around my identity uh, and how I view and reckon the gospel in my life every day. And I, seeing myself as my Abba sees me, or am I recreating God in some twisted image of me, and then viewing myself. And just seeing how much, uh, you know, as, as I've had a, a stressful season just financially and doing this adoption process which is so long and arduous there's been a lot of you know just relational strain and realizing how much just my identity being settled in Christ affects how I treat Jenny it's huge in my relationships that I see in myself when I am not settled <clears throat> and it's not even in the sin <clears throat> sin ways where maybe, you know, you, 
I'll struggle with sin and say, oh, no, I'm still in Christ, or you know, those are kind of the typical ways one might talk about identity, but in the more subtle ways, if I'm not even thinking about it, but I'm not really in my gospel identity, I'll start to respond to Jenny inappropriately because I'm trying to get some security in winning a conversation in controlling a situation, all those types of things, which ultimately say, I just don't think Christ is enough in me. And really recognizing all of those spots where uh, Christ is still not enough in me and being able to confess that and deal with that. So that's been, you know, just looking at identity fresh again in new areas I think there's always new areas of life unfolding where uh, the Holy Spirit's leading us, uh, leading me, I don't want to we on us, uh, leading me uh, to show me where my gospel identity can go deeper. So it's been a, a good conversation with my with my dad in the last few weeks. So that's what I've been thinking about with identity. Well, thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. Appreciate it, man. So we are going to be right back. We've got a special guest that I've been looking forward to for a couple of weeks since I just saw the uh, the name of the book and uh, the, the basic topic is really something I think is super important, and we've only talked about it a couple times in the last few years. So I am excited about this conversation, and we are going to be right back with Sam Black. All right, welcome back. We are excited to have Sam Black here with us today. You there, Sam? I'm here. Where are you calling from? Uh, Michigan. From Michigan. Okay, that's my hometown. <laughs> where are at in Michigan? Uh, Ann Arbor area. Oh, great. So we're just about an hour north of you. And uh, actually, Covenant Eyes, uh, I'm calling from our offices here at Covenant Eyes at our, our headquarters. And it's right on the I-69 corridor between Lansing and Flint, out where they grow lots of corn and soybeans. We're serving folks yeah, in more than 100 countries there, you know? Yeah, yeah, I went to Michigan State, so I'm familiar with that with that and going from Michigan State up to Flint from time to time. So yeah, I know what you're talking about. All right. Very good. I, Sounds good. I've never seen so many people in the same spot that uh actually have connection to Michigan. Well done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Big boost for Michigan. So Sam Black works for Covenant Eyes, an amazing organization. We're gonna talk a little bit about that and also you Covenant Eyes has put out this book called The Porn Circuit, Understanding Your Brain, Breaking Porn Habits in 90 Days. Can't wait to get into a conversation about that. But Sam, for people that don't know what Covenant Eyes is, give them a little uh, picture of that ministry. Oh, thank you. Uh, Covenant Eyes provides internet accountability and filtering software. Um, Most people are familiar with what filtering does. It blocks sites 
so we produce we provide two pieces it's actually the same piece of software but you choose based on your username what you want to use on your computer your iPhone iPad iPod touch um, your Android devices um, you download our software and you choose someone to be your friend to come alongside you and say I want you to receive a report that shows how I use the internet um, the person who receives my report is also my hunting buddy. We go camping together. In fact, I got two guys. We go camping together. They both get my report, and uh, our families hang out together. So everything so is on the table. You feel it. You feel it's best to give your accountability buddy a gun. That's basically how you roll with that. He's your well, hunting buddy, so you let him <laughs> take you out in the wilderness <laughs> and say, "I've been getting your reports." That's right. Now that's high level accountability. I like fess that. up. You're going to teach fess that. up. <laughs> it's uh, it's a great experience. If you if you uh, never go hunting or camping with somebody, um, you get to know some pretty well. Um, and it's uh, there's uh, when you're when you have to sit for long periods of time in a blind together. Um, you whisper lots of good things. You have lots of good conversations uh, during those car rides and, and sitting out, and it's uh, it's a real blessing. Uh, <laughs> I really I've really enjoyed that those experiences. Very so, cool. Uh, I think that uh, I think that's very helpful. You know, it's great to have a great mentor, someone you really look up to, be your accountability partner or your friend. Um. But if you've walked together and your mind is sold out to Christ, and you, that is your both of your goals, you can uh, inspire each other. Uh, Paul talks often about how we are to inspire each other to reach and grow deeper um, in our walk with Christ. And um, so, anyway. So Covenant Eyes Internet Accountability, it actually monitors every website that's visited. It rates it just like you would um, um, for video games and TV shows, T for teen, M for mature, HM for highly mature, etc., so that your accountability partner doesn't have to guess at where you're going or what is that website. They actually get a, a report every week that shows how the Internet's being used, actually shows you the, the the terms typed into search engines like Yahoo and Bing and Google. Um, it'll actually show you the titles of videos watched on uh, on sites like YouTube. And I use this with my kids. My kids have grown up using Covenant Eyes, um, and it has given me amazing conversations that most parents are missing um, because I get a report that shows what how they use the Internet, and how they use the Internet is not how I use the Internet, but they keep me informed, they keep me educated, and uh, it has been an amazing opportunity to have directive, specific conversations with them. Now, Sam, I want to throw something out that I get from guys sometimes when I'll, I'll recommend Covenant Eyes or Triple X Church Watch, some kind of accountability software that basically makes their computer not private anymore, right? right? Which, is, which is one of the major dangers. There are so many guys that would not be looking at porn if they actually had to go into a porn shop. But because they have the privacy and it's right there on the computer, they do it. But there are many guys I've talked to over the years that say, you know what, I don't want to have to do that. I want to just not want to do it. 
I want God to just, I want the things of this earth to just grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. What do you say to that person? That's really a reason why I wrote The Horn Circuit. Um, and it's free online. You can find it at covenantize.com forward slash ebooks. Uh, God created us and he created the neurochemistry of the sexual experience, uh, but we've polluted it. And we've created habits in our lives that um, are destructive. And absolutely. In fact, I was um, we we're in revival this week at my church, and there was just a fabulous kind of revelation to me. It, you may have known this all along, but uh, I'm looking at Ephesians uh, chapter 3 and verse 20. And says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Now, I've always gotten that as, boy, all, what you need to do if you want um, your, your finances to be right or whatever, you just need to pray to God because he's going to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, right? But they leave out the right after that, according to his power that is at work within us. And the verses just before that say, Paul is saying, I pray that out of his glorious riches, his glorious riches, not the ones we have in mind, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So what we should be asking for is indeed, Lord, fill me with your spirit. Fill me uh, till I'm overflowing. Because that you can do that immeasurably more than we ask. What we need, though, as Paul has described many times, is that we need to gather together that we need to be partners together, that we need to lift each other up. And putting a, a program like Covenant Eyes on your computer says, I'm going to be open, and I'm not even going to let a hint of sexual impropriety enter my life. And to do that, I'm going to take my friend with me, because if I sit down on my computer and there's an ad on um, my Facebook page or something like that that or my email page, and it's tempting. Now, I, it is the heart's desire not to do that. But Paul says we do those things we would not do. But when I have my friend right next to me, he strengthens me. He lifts me up because over time we've had conversations, and those conversations come back to me, and they, um, they inspire me to reach to the cross. So when I have Covenant Eyes on my computer, on my I have it on my iPhone, every device we have has Covenant Eyes on it. And because basically when he receives the report, it's like him sitting next to me, regardless of whether he's 10 miles away or sitting in the chair next to me. I'm open. I've made my life open. Uh, that Taking away that secrecy is very important. Um, I'm sure you've heard of the AAA engine of Internet pornography. It's available. Uh, in fact, Wi-Fi is almost everywhere. Um, it's affordable. Most of it's for free. And it's anonymous, meaning it's done in secret. So if we can kick that one leg out, that leg of secrecy, if we can just break it and be open and allow someone else to come into our lives, that stool 
picture a three-legged stool, one with a leg of an an anonymity, one with affordability, and one with uh, accessibility, and you break that one, that third leg, that stool doesn't stand very well anymore. And that's what, to me, Internet accountability is all about. It's about breaking the opportunities for temptation, not even making it a, uh, the opportunity available. I think that's what John says, right? Yep. Those of you hey, that are yeah. listening live, uh, I'm going to let you jump in here, Tom. Those okay. of you that are listening live, you may have uh, some questions. We would love for you to call in with your questions to Sam Black. We're going to be talking about how the brain reacts to pornography, why we get hooked into our loops and our struggles. The number is 347-850-1769. That's 347-850-1769. Mondo, do you remember what that spells? Uh, no, man. It was something crazy like, <laughs> I don't know, man. It was something weird. It makes no sense, actually. <laughs> but but at least there were words involved. All right, so 347-850-1769. We'd love to hear your questions. Tom, what did you have? Uh, you saying that just reminded me that we need to tell our listeners to please follow us at Pirate Monk Radio on Twitter. And we'd love to have people like us on Facebook. And for those of us uh, that are listening in on iTunes, don't forget that Pirate Monk broadcast podcast is live on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Pirate Monk Radio so at 11.30 on Wednesday, Central Time. So it's important to remember that. Hey, I really appreciated your question to Sam. And when you were talking about accountability, I was reading a blog, I think it was out of Relevant Magazine a couple months ago, and the writer, I wish I could remember his name, but he was making this great point that so many times when we think about accountability, we think about uh, if I'm going to be accountable to my buddy or my sponsor or whatever, I'm I'm putting myself underneath this person. They're over me. They're going to hold me accountable, and we have that mentality, and that's really not very redemptive. That's really not even that biblical. The no. true biblical accountability is if I'm going to be accountable if you're accountable to me, I'm accountable for you. I'm I'm it's a it's a position of being with and for somebody rather than over them and inspecting them. And I just think that's an important uh, mentality to have when we use tools like Covenant Eyes. Um Aaron, I want to make a shameless, absolutely shameless uh, product plug here about my book. Can I do that? Can I say that? All right, yeah. I wrote this book, uh, Ashamed No More, that tells a little bit about my story and a lot about what I learned in my own struggle. And in Ashamed No More, Sam, I mentioned that I used Covenant Eyes, put it on my um, electronic devices years ago, and it very effectively locked me out of using um, Internet porn. I didn't use the filter side. I used the monitoring reporting side. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that's what I used to. Yeah, and I, and I remember telling a friend about this uh, a few years ago, and uh, he said, man, you know, so a report goes every week to your sponsor, to your friend, and to your wife. He said, how how humiliating. And I looked at him, and I just, I, I, I just it was just totally counter to my experience. I said, no, man, th- this has been helpful to my freedom. It's not at all right. humiliating. It's it's life-giving. Um I was telling Aaron and Mondo before we came on the air, I'm I'm celebrating five years of, of living free of my compulsion, and I'm I'm just so excited. But I'm keeping covenant eyes, man, because just the idea 
um, that my buddies are looking at that every week, taking a look at it, and one of them looks at it a lot more closely than the other. Um, but it just helps me to know that I'm not alone in this. So when I'm looking at something on screen or I'm on my phone or something or other, I just know I'm not alone in, in this life and in the things that I'm I'm looking at and seeing, and that helps me because, you know, it is a hard issue. i I got to want to be free. And, Aaron, to, the, right. to the guys that say to you, well, you know, I just want to not want it. Why didn't God just help me? I'd rather God just help me not want it. Well, the, the kind of the flip question is, what do you want out of your life? You know, you know, who do you want to be, and how uh, how hard are you willing to work at this? What what are you willing to do? Are you willing to go to any lengths to get what we've gotten? That that kind of a mentality, I, and kind of, kind of flip you, it around. I love that you said it gave you freedom because there are so many guys when they put something like this on their computer, whether it's a filter or especially that accountability software. I don't think, and Nate and I have talked about this, I don't think we realize how much time is wasted Mm -hmm. on frivolous Internet stuff. And I've had guys talk about this, that when they'd be in the middle of school or work and they, they get that, you know, oh, this is when I would start surfing, trolling for porn or something, and they realize, oh, I can't. That's going to get sent to my accountability partner. So they just get back to what they were supposed to do. They find that they have so much time in the day, and they really discover it is freedom for them. But you right. also have to be careful. Uh, there's there's two caveats to this. Uh, one is if you put something on your computer, you need to tell the other people in your house. I have had a uh, a person put it on their computer, and stuff came up for their father, and that was a very awkward conversation for everybody. <laughs> so, yeah, it would be. And uh and I did have another one whose uh whose wife was a horse breeder. So, I kept getting reports about stallions and sperm. So, that was just really <laughs> yeah, Here's a great uh thing about Covenant Eyes um like um with Covenant Eyes you're allowed to have your own Covenant Eyes username and password. And you can't access the internet on a device that have has Covenant Eyes installed without your own username and password through Covenant Eyes. And so even though I share my computers with my son and my daughter and my wife, um, we all have our own username. And when I go online, I can go anywhere I want to. I'm only held accountable, and but where I go is monitored, um, and my wife gets my report as well as my accountability partners. And um, when my son goes on the same computer, it recognizes that he's not only held accountable and that his reports go to me and my mom, but it, it also includes the filter, even though we're using the same computer. And it says, um, it, I have set a, it allows you to set settings for the filter so that uh, he can only see things teen or less, E for everyone, Y for youth, and teen, he's able to access those. My daughter, who's an older teen, she can see things mature teen and below. Both of their internets through Covenant Eyes shuts off at, at 8.30 at night um, and turns back on at 6. Now, I can still access the Internet, but through their username, it recognizes all those kinds of things and uh, uh, allows us. <laughs> so it's, it's really a, it's a great tool for, as, a, as a dad, but also a, a good tool for me. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's interesting that the way you were uh, discussing uh, this, because in, in the, the book, the, the Porn Circuit, 
one of the issues that we face is a, the prefrontal cortex becomes weak. The prefrontal cortex is where your decision power is. Now, if you've made the wrong decisions so many times without many boundaries, without much help, without much support, it's very difficult for the prefrontal cortex to begin making the right choices because there's, and I, I can go, it goes deeper into that in the book. But what we find when people, and we receive emails like this on a regular basis, that because I've learned to make the right decisions and built up my willpower uh, through the prefrontal cortex, because I've made the right decisions so many times online that when I go to a convenience store or I go to a store, I'm in an area where there might be an adult bookstore, I can avoid that because I've learned to make the right decisions so many times. And we're really retraining and rewiring our brains so that becomes easier. So tell us a little more, because I know this, you know, some people's brains might be turning off right now as you are using words like frontal cortex, but I don't <laughs> want them to. I, I don't want them to because in layman's terms, yeah. when you get a guy sitting here in an office uh, with a pastor or a counselor, they're going to say, I just I feel crazy. I don't want to do this, but I keep going back to it. I can't stop. I feel insane. And what they're saying is what you're saying right now. So I want them to know that what they are feeling is what you're explaining. So let's talk a little bit about how the brain is reacting to these images and mm -hmm. the flood of chemicals, uh, because this this is not just a matter of looking at dirty pictures. This is a matter of chemical rewards and mm -hmm. opiate addiction. Right. That, I'd love for you guys to, I don't know if we have enough time to talk about all these things. I'd love to come back and talk some more about some of this as well. Um, that's right. And um, So maybe we need to start with understanding that we learn what we like. Um, and we do this over a period of time. It, may, it should be pretty easy to say, uh, when you touch a hot stove, you know, you touch something, oh, that's hot, I'm not going to do that anymore. Well, porn causes us a lot of pain. It causes pain in our marriage. It causes uh, pain in our spiritual self. It causes pain in our, in a, to us mentally. Uh, we know we're causing others pain. People who are in the pornography industry are being caused pain by people viewing pornography. They're being used. Um, so it should be easy enough to say, oh, I'm just going to flip off the switch and not do that anymore. But the problem is um, our minds have been warped. Uh, we've allowed something so beautiful that God created. He created our, our brains. He created this neurocircuitry so that we'd be attracted to our wife and that we'd bond and we'd grow closer together. That when we touch, we feel aroused and we feel cared for and we to feel loved. We enjoy this spiritual connection. But we have... Uh, through pornography, taking this and polluted our own minds, polluted the very system that God created for us. Um, so, I was a I've been a I was a journalist for about 18 years before I came to Covenant Eyes. So, when uh, if some feel, boy, I, I'm not sure if I can keep up with this topic, I wrote this very specifically to. Um, from a journalistic perspective. So it's very easy to read. You'll get through the book. Um, I've 
I cite uh, a lot of sources from uh, Dr. Norman Doidge, The Brain That Changes Itself, um, Dr. Mark Laser's book, Healing the Wounds of Sexual Addiction. Uh, I got to do some great interviews with uh, some folks like Dr. Doug Weiss, so, um, as well as uh, Dr. William Struthers, who wrote the book Wired for Intimacy. And so all these things are going to be really broken down, easy for someone to read, and they can see that again at covenanteyes.com forward slash ebooks. It's called The Porn Circuit. But so it's how does free. It's free, it's free. So people can get the information. So uh, Dr. Roman Deutsch in his book, uh, The Brain That Changes Itself, he says that the human brain, beings um, exhibit plasticity. And what he means by plasticity is that our brains are a little more like plastic than they are concrete. They're, they actually can change and mold with the experiences that we create. Um, we learn that, and it begins building neural pathways that make things easier to do. You know when you do something uh, a few times, when you're trying to learn something new, and you do it a few times, it's much easier to do, isn't it? Absolutely. Well, the same is true with our sexual learning. And there's, without a doubt, some neurochemicals at work um, with that learning. And I'm going to cover three. I cover more in the book, uh, but I think three specifically for our interview today. The first one I think is pretty obvious. It's dopamine. And dopamine is like one of the superheroes of the brain because it has so many powers. Um, if someone drained away all of your dopamine, it would be like you'd be like Superman sitting on a, a boulder of kryptonite. Well, we have just lost Sam. His call dropped right as Superman was on a boulder of kryptonite. Talk yeah, about. that that is a dreadful image, is it not? Um, I'm Quick, totally let's let's shift back to Nate on the on the boat. I like that picture better, <laughs> of Nate on the boat, than than uh, than uh, the life draining out of Superman. So that's uh, hopefully he'll call back in. Yeah, yeah. Sam's probably gonna call back, but I think uh, we can we can touch a little bit more, uh, especially for people that don't realize this, and for the women that are listening, because I think a lot of women. Uh, a lot of wives I talk to, they're confused about what their husbands are struggling with, don't realize that this is a huge chemical reaction as guys are looking at these images, that the dopamine is flooding their brains. They're getting, I hate to say we're like Pavlovian dogs in this way, that, you know, the little ringing bell happens and the dog gets the treat and pretty soon the dog just uh, starts salivating every time the bell rings. That's what's happening essentially in our brains when men look at these images. And uh, I, I looked at the list in Sam's book, and he has quite a thorough list of what is happening chemically in of the man's brain. When yeah, Aaron, I was uh, I was looking at the same thing, and I'm really um, he's he's taken a great deal of material and made it uh, much more accessible and simple, and I really appreciate it. But uh, I'm looking at that section about uh, dopamine and then testosterone and how these things work together, and um, this is important material because for some of us that struggle with this, um, we don't really need to know what's going on. What we need to know is what do I do to fix it. 
But I think for other guys, uh, the way we're wired, we we do benefit by knowing what's going on. It does help. And like you just said, for spouses, partners, wives, who just think, what on earth is the matter with my husband or my boyfriend? What's his problem? Um, well, there is a neurochemical um, di- a component, set of components, and that does, that doesn't remove personal responsibility. It doesn't mean that we're just, you know, um, uh, droids going through the motion and we've got no choice here and we just are, uh, have checked our brains at the door and we're just kind of going through life now as consumers. It doesn't mean that. Uh, and it is helpful, though, to know what the neurological issues are and what the chemical components are that reinforce these things and how dopamine can, as he quotes um, William Struthers in Struthers' book, Wired for Intimacy, dopamine fuels the tension and the craving for meeting a need. Uh, so even though it's a reward uh, chemical in the brain, it also actually fuels the need for more. We want more. And that's a pretty masculine thing. I mean, I, I see that, you know, my wife will point this out sometimes, you know. If the bag says to put down the fertilizer at X rate, I think if 2X rate might be, you know, if a little's good, more's got to be better, right? And that's how <laughs> I eat. If You know, one burger's really good, but what would two be like? That would be twice as good. <laughs> Sorry, I lost you guys. Um, is <laughs> where did I leave off? Because I kept talking. Oh, you, we we left off with Superman sitting on a uh, on a pile of kryptonite. It was very, okay. Very sad. All right. So we were talking about uh, dopamine then. Um, so dopamine, uh, like you said, it, it motivates you forward. It, it focuses your attention. And it activates uh, or enhances rewards circuitry so that it makes you feel good. Um, it plays a major role in memory, dopamine does. It helps us to recall what is important in our environment and how to respond to it. So if we've responded to pornography in a certain way through acting out, then the dopamine, when it sees pornography, gets fired off. The brain gives a little spritz of that and gets things motivated. Hey, if you remember, the last time we did that, it felt good. Let's do it again. And so your brain remembers what it's supposed to do, and so it gets this spritz of dopamine that actually moves you forward. It says, go do that. Go do it now. Um, it's going to provide a greater reward. Um, there's also, of course, additional dopamine released during orgasm. Um, so without a doubt, dopamine is either that superhero or a super foe, depending on whether the activity is positive or negative to someone. Of course, pornography, you see that as very negative. So I said oh, I was going to mention three um, three chemicals. Um, do you have a question? I'll stop. Well, here's here's my big one. And yeah. we, we realized that there is this powerful force working in a man's brain and in, in women's brains as well. I mean, women right. are not immune to this. Um, powerful force in the brain that are shaping or driving towards these bad habits. Now, I want to make one thing clear here. Yeah. Uh, I certainly have certain friends who are uh, uncomfortable with this conversation because they just want to call sin, sin. We don't mm-hmm. want to talk about all of this. Okay, so let's be clear. We're talking about sin. Now let's That's move right. on. So, um, yeah, we, we, we're teaching our brains to sin. After all, right. God, 
God created us. Um, so he, you're he set saying... this up very specifically to about when you pollute something, uh, you, even though God created it, there's many things in our lives that that uh, we've polluted in, in our in our society, and we shouldn't be surprised that when we hijack something, hijack a system that God created, we shouldn't be too surprised that it causes damage, it causes sin. Um, and Satan would like to use that as a tool against us. Um, and I think it's valuable to understand that, indeed, sin is sin. Uh, there's no escaping that. But Paul, probably, I, every as I was do, reading writing this book, um, Paul's words kept coming back to me again and again and again. It's like he's the best... Uh, he's like a neuropsychologist in a way because he keeps talking about renewing of the mind. Um, he keeps talking about to be in fellowship. He keeps talking about um, to avoid these temptations, not to do that, otherwise you will be pulled back in. Um, I think he his words do not um, in any way uh, contradict what is or let me say, neurology in no way contradicts what Paul says. In fact, it reinforces everything he talks about. It's incredible. Um, just amazing. Um, but Here's we should recognize... Go ahead. Because you've listed out some pretty heavy stuff. This is our brain's sexual cocktail, you call it. But the, the hope is that we have this plastic brain that is you're saying 90 days something can happen. So what can happen in 90 days when I have trained my brain? Uh, it could be for years. Some people have been looking at pornography since uh -huh. they were very young, especially in this day and age. So tell me about this. Uh, what? How did you phrase it? Breaking porn habits in 90 days. <laughs> well, I think it starts off with understanding your neurochemistry. And understanding why things. So, for instance, like I said, uh, things like testosterone. Testosterone, for instance, uh, dramatically increases sexual arousal. When we view our wife, we're supposed to, uh, and we're, there's uh, uh, sexual intimacy that between us. Um, there's a chemical release that helps prepare us for that. Um, so, what we need to do is understanding these issues, for instance, when we, because testosterone is slow to dissipate, we're always walking, we can walk around with a chemical imbalance because looking at pornography actually helps us release testosterone, which then in turn uh, creates a greater sexual awareness, a greater sexual arousal at even small things. So that's just an example of kind of understanding our neurochemistry. And then uh, as we begin to understand um, some of the what triggers um, our mind to think about sexually acting out, um, when we understand how we've become what is called sensitized, um, that many things begin to have um, a sexual interest because of our the way we've trained our brains. Now, I think you're we're trying to skip ahead pretty fast to the 90-day goal. And do you want to talk about kind of why there's a 90-day goal? Sure. Okay. Well, 
it really, the first 90 days um, is something that I've borrowed from a number of, of counselors and neurologists. And, uh, for instance, Dr. Mark Laser has an actual 90-day contract. In fact, I'm working with him on a 90-day journal um, that will be a follow-up to the porn circuit. And the 90 days is all about, first, uh, it takes only about 90 days or 14 days to actually detox our bodies from these neurochemicals. But it takes about 30 days, he says, to really begin gaining confidence that we can be victorious. But it takes 90 days to begin learning about genuine intimacy. And sex is not equal to genuine intimacy. Sex is only one expression of intimacy. So first, one needs to learn that they're not going to die without uh, sex. And so often, it's become a feeling as though it is a need like food and water. So uh, the person struggling with pornography or sex addiction needs to work proactively about learning true intimacy with their spouse. Um, so that 90 days is really an opportunity to get out a calendar and set out some proactive things to do to accomplish really the first 90 days of sobriety. I was talking to uh, 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 a man who's now a minister. Uh, he's been victorious over pornography and has entered ministry, but he said when he was in his 40s and he began a 90-day journey away from pornography, after he'd gone three days, he realized that that was the first time in his life since he was a teenager that he had avoided porn and not acted out with pornography for even three days. Wow. So I think um, when you set a, when you pull out a calendar and you say, here's my 90 days, that's my goal, um, it gives you a kind of a step-by-step approach to begin fleeing, as Paul says, specifically pornography. Um, In my book, I kind of roll out with um, kind of a better description of how this 90 days works. It really starts off with a eureka moment, that moment that says, that stark realization, kind of that clarity of purpose that says, I'm sick of this. I'm tired of this. It's not going to be a part of my life anymore and to list out why it's causing pain in your life. And kind of that eureka moment, that aha moment, and often that comes in amid a crisis. Uh, Often when uh, a person's secret love affair with porn is discovered by loved ones. Uh, We know that in 56% of divorce cases, pornography is listed as a major contributing factor to the split. So even the knowledge of knowing that maybe someone's listening today that goes, man, I've been struggling with pornography and I know that if my wife knew, oh, it would just rip us apart. Maybe that's their fear, but I think you guys know that when you 
when you come open, you come clean, things actually turn better. Um, and just knowing that can spark this is, I'm going to protect my marriage. I'm going to protect my kids. I'm going to protect my, my spiritual walk. And today is the first day where I'm going to go on a 90-day journey. And that 90-day journey is really the first part of a lifetime experience. Uh, it doesn't say, oh, you get to the end of 90 days and then you're home free. You don't have to worry about this anymore. Uh, I like how Nate Larkin uh, describes his freedom. He calls it a fragile freedom. Yep. That means it's something that's valuable, that needs to be protected, that you're vigilant for. And that's what this first 90 days is going to help someone do, is remind them of vigilance, to help them look out for triggers, to help them understand their their brain, to gain knowledge uh, not only about neurology, but to dive into the Bible, to dive into prayer. Um, these are ways... During that 90 days, you begin changing your life. Um, hey, uh, Sam, yeah. this is Tom. Uh, let me just yeah. jump in. You'd said something a few minutes ago about um, realizing that you won't die, quote-unquote. Um, mm. And I think that's really, really important um, for guys to understand, particularly guys that have had a long-term problem with this, is mm. that... Um, the brain it works out in such a funny way, and sex and food come out of that part of the brain that's more primal, more survival-oriented. And we really do have this subliminal notion that I don't think I can live without this. Or you genius, just feel like, well, I won't be healthy, or I won't, my brain right. won't be right. Yeah, or, yeah. and I, the I, genius yeah. of what Laser and you were talking about is that, um, no, if you'll just try, don't don't solve the rest of your life right now. Let's try the next 90 days. And uh, now that's for some right. guys, it really is going to be the next 90 minutes, let's be really honest, if they can just get through the next hour. And some of the guys I work with, that's really what it is. Let's just do the next day. And uh, you can you can use tomorrow if you have to. Let's just do today. Let's just do today. And Jesus says something about every day having its own mm-hmm. trouble and not racing ahead. But if you right. give guys this measurable piece of time, say, hey, let's try this experiment. And then if you know your ears fall off and your eyes bulge out, then maybe you know it won't work. And they find out that they are okay. And they find out that life does work. And then they've mm-hmm. got other things mm-hmm. that they can plug in. There's other ways to access dopamine, and it does give them that vision of a preferable future. And that's the power of this 90-day uh, plan that I think you're talking about. Yeah. And, and you really need to set up some rewards like, you know, day three, day five. Like you said, every day is its own day. But, you know, maybe marking little uh, things on that calendar at day seven, day 14, day 25, and so on, it, I'm not sure it's a great time to go on a diet, but it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it might be, a, you know, you might want to treat yourself to an ice cream cone on 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 day five and et cetera. But really create, man, I've this is a day to celebrate. I'm going days seven days without viewing pornography or what have you, and um, it's just valuable to do that. Another thing that Dr. Mark Laser points out is that many men who struggle, and women for that matter, who struggle with sexual addiction also have a cross-addiction of being workaholics. They don't really know how to have fun. And so one of the things he highly encourages is to get a hobby. Find something that creates a neurological dopamine reward that allows you to uh, be creative and expressive and 
and have joy, uh, quiet time, uh, prayer life. Um, but it might be woodworking and uh, maybe you've always wanted to, to uh, fly a model airplane or whatever it is, something that really focuses your attention um, and allows you to uh, kind of set a goal for creating something. And it gives you that, that reward. Uh, in fact, uh, exercise is another great, great reward system. Um, it, it actually feeds the body dopamine and natural endorphins when with exercise. So a number of these and things we, you need to incorporate in this 90 days, not just avoiding uh, pornography is not the answer. You want to create new habits and new dopamine rewards so that um, we replace old neural pathways with new ones. Go ahead. Well, and I think you're making a great point that's really important that there's positives here. It's not just negatives because if we approach it that I've got to give up my drug and life's just going to be draconian and dry and empty, uh, that's really hard to overcome. You, you write in the book that carving new pathways is hard and you are creating new pathways. But there's goodness there too. And so sometimes we're motivated by the fear or the avoidance or the, hey, I don't want this anymore or where's this going progressively? It's just going to take the rest of my life. I don't want to lose lose my life this way. That's the negative, and we've got to face that. That's part of the truth we have to tell ourselves. But the other part of the truth is that we've got to be positive. There's something preferable. God has something bigger for me. There's something better in life, and and that's very positive. And uh, life can be better without porn. It really is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we're remembering that Christ came to bring us life and life more abundantly, and this is uh, all part of that journey together to engage it. And Sam, we are reaching end of our time, but remind people again how to get to Covenant Eyes uh, for both the filters and the accountability software and your book especially, because we want people to read a long version of this short conversation. So give that, give that information <laughs> well, one more time. Yes, thank you. Um, go to CovenantEyes.com forward slash ebooks to get the porn circuit. If you'd like to try, if anyone would like to try Covenant Eyes 30 days free. You won't find this on the website, so you guys are going to give uh, your listeners a bonus today. Um, if you go to CovenantEyes.com and you sign up for Covenant Eyes Internet Accountability and or filtering software, um, use the promo code SAFEGUARD and it will provide you 30 days at no cost. All right. Excellent. Sam Black, it has been awesome to have you. Mondo, where can people write if they have some uh, questions that they want to follow up with and uh, and have us chat about here on the Pirate Bunk Radio? It is email address samsonpodcast at gmail.com. Samsonpodcast love, at gmail.com. We'd love to read your letters and uh, love to hear from you. Tom, Ryan, it was great having you in-house, sort of, today from our <laughs> thanks, different Aaron. houses. Yeah. Aaron, Mondo, <laughs> thanks so much, you guys. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you, and man. We will, we will look forward to talking to you all again next week on the Pirate Monk Radio Show. Thanks so much, guys. Give yourself.
light little steps on soft sacred sand washing ways against what we plan a sifting of sorrow a lifting of pain toward every tomorrow the wisdom of rain Caught in the onslaught, the pleasure appears. On looks the one who treasures our tears. A magical moment, a mystery make plain. To find in each other the wisdom of rain. Let it fall. And roll down your face Until we are old Help for the strife 